lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Among billowing clouds of Omicron infested air. Happy Friday to all of you. I am Steve Dace. It is official now. Zoe went down last night. Everybody in the family has it now. So apparently we're going to get our Omicron out of the way right now. Let us know what you think about what we think. Todd has the day off. Aaron is here. I felt like I was Clint Eastwood. There's the empty chair. Uh, We have, of course, the Dace Group here for the first time in 2022. In just a few minutes, we'll be joined by Tim Young and Shannon Joy uh, for that here. So stay tuned for that here in a moment. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook for now. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Maybe. Who knows how long that lasts. Or just go to MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Look for Steve Dace there. Or at Steve Dace Show on Getter. That's G-E-T-T-R. And get clips of the show that are free of censorship and free to watch at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. I, for those of you that were watching or listening to yesterday's show, I shared a list of bullet points from a prominent consortium of uh, national physicians that consult America's major sports leagues, among other clients, about their read of Omicron, and it's largely positive. I got a note back from a buddy of mine who said, great, maybe it won't be five bucks for a head of lettuce much longer. That's what he said. <laughs> now, I can't, now, now, Moink can't do anything about the $5 heads of lettuce, but they, they can certainly help you with the price of meat. Uh, and right now they've got pastured pork and chicken, wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb uh, from family farms all over the country. Meat that is free of antibiotics, hormones, and sugars, and all the other junk that's all too often in the prepackaged meat in your meat aisle. And if you want to sign up right now at moinkbox.com, M-O-I-N-K, by the way, for moinkbox.com slash Steve, sign up to get a year of filet mignon for free when you see what other meats you can get delivered with your very first box. You cannot beat that, folks. A year of filet mignon for free when you find out what other meats you can get delivered in your very first box right now. Again, uh, delivered right to your door, moinkbox.com slash Steve. That's moinkbox.com slash Steve. All right, next hour, we'll get into your feedback on a Feedback Friday. But of course, we begin, as we always do, with the day screw. Your weekly look at the week that was, we have with us, uh, he is a comedian, Uh, he is a renaissance man, Uh, he's on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel, and just an all-around good guy. Tim Young is here with us as well as New York talk show host Shannon Joy, who I have noticed has been affirmatively tweeted by our CEO here a couple of times recently, and was also on the Megyn Kelly program. I think that's a hint that she may soon be priced out of appearing on this program. How are the both of you? Excellent. I'm, Excellent. I'm glad to be on the one show. This is the one show I watch. And by the way, speaking about your CEO, I went to the Blaze TV website and there's like, you know, uh, lists of the shows. You're after your row three after the Glenn Beck archive. Can we get a little better billing for Steve? 
on the Blaze website, Tyler? Well, that's what we do. We just ride Glenn Beck's coattails. I got a movie deal because he liked my book, and they found out about it. That's how I got this show. I'm on after him. That's all I do here. I'm just, uh, I'm just the, I'm just the guy that rides Glenn Beck's coattails. That's pretty much Move my career up. path. Move him up, Tyler. <laughs> all right, let's get to issue one before I get moved further down. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. I have, for one, been surprised at the level of distrust of science, of medicine, and for that matter, of a whole other range of institutions. I just returned from visiting my family in the Midwest, and during my travels, I discovered a new tucking type. Vaccination not only prevents you from acquiring uh, severe illness, uh, but it we now know uh, with certainty that it uh, largely prevents transmission. First, let me explain. I've done a number of TikToks where I talk tucking and I thought I knew all the tuck types. I think this vaccine is my gut feeling is that this vaccine is prevent infection and therefore will prevent transmission. The idea that this is not just a vaccine that protects the individual, but that protects even people who are not vaccinated yet uh, because it prevents transmission. That really is a game changer. There's tiny tuck, typical tuck, total tuck and the tyrannical tuck. This one particular vaccine, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, not only protects people, but it also works to slow down contagion. The vaccine not only prevents people from getting sick, it also prevents transmission of the virus from person to person. But one type I didn't know about is the TSA tuck. Second, that your chances of infecting others uh, is low if you're fully vaccinated. And third, that the vaccines that we have work against the variants circulating in the United States. That the decision was based on studies showing that it is rare for vaccinated people to both catch and transmit the virus, and that the vaccines work against the variants. It's an extreme type of tucking you employ to get through the body scanner at the airport. Because if you don't, and I've had many reminders of this, you will set off groin alerts. The vaccines do work against the variants that we know are out there. And there is this general sense that we are coming out of it. And hopefully we are because the vaccines uh, do work against the variants. Yes, groin alerts. That's what they call it. And the punishment for setting off groin alerts is getting your groin groped by a TSA agent. We are accumulating data that our authorized vaccines are effective against the variants that are circulating in this country. And goodness gracious, I gotta say, getting your groin groped isn't all that great. The two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. They are, don't have the safety profile that we hope we can achieve with this technology. There's very little scientific evidence that shows that those advantages carry over for trans women after transition. So get your needle now and stay strong. Thank you. So you're going to get him that needle and stay proper strong one. And thank you. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen Shannon's reaction throughout that. <laughs> Well, we certainly came out swinging, did we not? And I still love that clip. Not that dude. No, I hear you. Swing low, sweet chariot. Yeah. Um. Uh. I'm sorry. Uh, my car just hit a water buffalo. Can I borrow your towel? And it's all ball bearings these days. Um. 
That um, that clip though of the the Aborigine is speaking the exact same language. <laughs> Freaking! <laughs> I, I can't get enough of that one. So let's get to it. Tim, this seems like it's right up your alley, brother. Brother, what was your favorite creepy crawly and Aaron's montage this week? Uh, so here's the thing. Obviously, uh, Aaron is really into the dude who's tucking at TSA. That's why he put so much of that clip in there. I don't blame him, right? I, I think there's a combo here, right? So the, the New York Post just reported the other day that your penis shrinks an inch and a half. There was a man who claimed your penis shrinks an inch and a half if you get COVID. I think there's a good combo story there for that guy. So if he gets COVID, you know, maybe he doesn't get his vaccine. Maybe you get the vaccine. It shrinks a little bit more. He won't have to tuck it all. Problem solved. You're welcome. Time is a flat circle, in other words. Yes. We've arrived. Shannon will ch- let the ladies know that the, the guys have discovered a new excuse, COVID. What was your favorite this week? Well, you know, in 21st century America, guys are better at being women than women themselves. So, I mean, that's, that is the ultimate patriarchy right there. Um, but I think that I'm confused. Going back, my head's on a swivel in terms of whether these vaccines work or they don't work because we just ended a seemingly you know 10-day news cycle of every cdc official healthcare officials coming out and admitting what we all know that the vaccines uh, have limited if any efficacy at this point but now aaron puts this montage together and they're saying that they work again, reverting back to that hundred percent yeah. <laughs> number. It, it's a let's go Brandon moment. It's yeah. right it's a in mo- our that, That's obviously like, a, it's a it's a montage from the past yeah. that he put together. Oh, okay. that, yeah, yeah. Because I well, but I would because be again, time is a flat circle. Yes, <laughs> you could believe if matter. they just reverted back. Because yes, it wouldn't surprise me. It's yes. like they'll say anything. So, Aaron, yeah. get high on your own supply. Uh, favorite clip is the the very opening clip of some history professor from New Haven, Connecticut, who, um, who who says, I am shocked, shocked, I tell you, that there's this distrust in the science and, and all these institutions. Meanwhile, we've been told repeatedly the vaccine works. <laughs> the vaccine prevents transmission. The vaccine works against variants. By the way, dudes can be uh, ladies. And by the way, uh, the vaccine doesn't actually uh, work. That the, the name of that montage is called Science, not Science. Science, that's the name of that montage. I'm, I'm shocked. Shocked people don't trust us. I, I, I was reading, I saw a column from USA Today this morning. And I, I hate to keep harping on this place, but I, it, it just blows my mind that I used to be one of their contributors and I see what <laughs> content they run now. So earlier this week, USA Today went with the whole uh, Born That Way for Pedophiles. Yes. And and now now they have a piece out that they published this morning that says that it, it it's a column it's a left columnist pointing out how bad yesterday was for Biden. But then he but part of what he asserts is well, I guess now you can just be a covid spreader if you want because of the uh the Supreme Court opinion. We'll get into the opinion here in the next segment itself, but um that's misinformation. Uh these things do not stop mass transmission. They don't. CDC director said on August 6th on CNN that they don't. And that was about Delta. And now with Omicron, now even the manufacturers are telling you 
as Aaron pointed out in that clip. I love the comeback to this, by the way. Have you seen this comeback, Aaron, from fact checkers? <laughs> yeah. um, he, wasn't well, he wasn't talking about the uh, previous variants. Uh, he was just talking about the only variant that now matters that everybody has. Makes it so much better. <laughs> yes, that's their defense. Well, I mean, he was talking about the variants that nobody has any longer. Oh, what that, that, I feel so much better now. Thank you. That is that is your fact check. Okay, but but USA Today running with the this would have stopped if all these people got jabbed transmission. That is just flat out misinformation. It's just not even true. And the manufacturers don't even claim that any longer. Let's get to the exit question here. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being how many times Lindsey Graham has been boosted, and 10 being the amount of boosters he'd absolutely enjoy on a Friday night. Rank this week's level of total depravity, Shannon. I've come full circle, just like the mainstream media, and I'm back at like a one. Nothing will surprise me these days. <laughs> nice. Tim. Part for the course. I'm going to give it a four because I want my own aboriginal translator following me around. From now yes. On. My buddy. Remember that, you remember that toy when we were kids? My buddy. Yeah. My buddy and me. My buddy just followed you around. It's your own little aboriginal. You know who sells those is um, I, the outgoing governor of Virginia. I think that's one of his new product line, if you know what I'm saying there. Yeah, the uh, I'm at a ten. I'm at a ten. Yeah, that 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 one was that one was pretty. Uh, you didn't hold back, brother, for the first one. I'll I'll just leave it at that, um, folks. If if you are running a small business, uh, human resources issues can be a killer, uh, and salaries for HR managers not cheap. They can average about seventy thousand a year. That's why you're looking for our friends over at Bambi, just like it sounds. B A M. B-E-E, Bambi was created specifically for small businesses like yours. You'll get a dedicated HR manager that crafts your HR policy, maintains all of your compliances, and will do it all for just $99 a month, and it's just month to month. You can cancel anytime. So maybe on a seasonal basis, you need this help, like say this time of year, with a lot of businesses getting financials in order with taxes and things of that nature. Uh, this this is the perfect fit for your business model. Whatever your business model is, again, month to month, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go to Bambi.com slash Steve, and they'll give you a free HR audit when you go there today. Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, just like it sounds. Bambi.com slash Steve for your free HR audit today. All right, let's get to issue two. The split decision. The Supreme Court ruled 6-3 yesterday against the Biden administration's attempt via the Occupational Safety and Health Administration to force vaccinations on employees of businesses with more than 100 employees. The court also ruled 5-4 in favor of the Biden administration's attempt via the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services to force healthcare workers at facilities that receive federal funding, basically all hospitals, to receive the jab. In the first decision, Roberts, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Thomas, Barrett, and Alito joined in the majority with Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan dissenting. In the second, Roberts and Kavanaugh joined with the progressives in the majority decision. In the OSHA case, the court concluded that the employers, states, and other entities and individuals challenging the rule were, quote, likely to succeed on the merits of their claim that the secretary lacked authority to impose the mandate. 
Not exactly a stirring rebuttal to an outstanding encroachment of personal liberty, but the CMS case was even worse. Justices Roberts and Kavanaugh both acquiesced in the Department of Health and Human Services power grab based on, quote, a hodgepodge of provisions. In his dissent, Justice Thomas wrote that though the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services has authority to publish rules and regulations necessary to the agency's functioning, the vaccine mandate has no more than a, quote, tangential connection to the management of Medicare and Medicaid. Thomas went on to say, quote, vaccine mandates also fall squarely within the state's police power and until now only rarely have been a tool of the federal government. If Congress had wanted to grant CMS authority to impose a nationwide vaccine mandate and consequently alter the state federal balance, it would have clearly said so. It did not, end quote. So I I didn't get a chance to give my own analysis on this yesterday because, of course, it came down about an hour or so after we went off the air. Uh, so I'll start this topic, if you guys don't mind. Um, looking at the decisions and then uh, looking through uh, numerous analyses from people I respect studying this over the last, uh, what is it now, 24 hours or 20 hours. Um, I, I really think, if I'm going to be brutally honest, and why not, I... I actually expected Clarence Thomas to be stronger. And he was probably the strongest, to no one's surprise. Um, I thought Gorsuch had some decent things to say, as did Alito. This, to me, though, um, this seems like a complete and total political calculation. This seemed to me like the majority of justices realized when they're when they're seeing news stories like the trucking association saying if this thing is upheld if you think the supply chain problems are bad now wait till you see what's coming around the corner um i think they made a political calculation here is my analysis that that a majority of the justices and in this case we're really talking about roberts and kavanaugh made the political calculation that the cost of upholding this would would be too much civil instability too much it would create too much of a backlash too much defiance and and that's why uh that's why they said uh no and i think they went six to three so that roberts couldn't write i'm sorry so that thomas could not write the majority opinion on that and if you'll note the real majority opinion is unsigned Mm. okay uh on the on the cms case when a majority of justices are telling you is that they are really not going to be an instrument uh, in rolling back a federal administrative state. That's what they're really telling you. That 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 as long as it come as it's fed on fed crime, they that they can it's an, we are governed by unelected bureaucrats now and they can do to you practically whatever they want. And that's the cost of doing business with the feds. But extending that into the private sector would have created way too much uh, volatility, instability. We're not Australia. We're not New Zealand, and most of the people that'd be the most pissed off own all the guns. So they couldn't afford that one. So that's why they stopped it in its tracks. But this one, hey, that's a cost of doing business with the feds. Sucks to be you. It is what it is. I mean, you're governed by an administrative state. That That's my read of what, what, what went down yesterday. Agree? Disagree? Add to it? Have your own spin? Shannon, I'll let you start this time. So I'll piggyback on on your analysis, Steve. I think that there is good and bad news in terms of of this ruling, despite the narrow ruling, as we all know, for the all the wrong reasons, of course, on the issue of 
of private employers and the flat out wrong ruling on the issue of uh, healthcare workers and federally funded medical facilities, um, which is it's it's kind of a hodgepodge. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But the headlines across the United States of America, as you as you peruse, you know what what we're seeing in the mainstream media. Basically, what the American people are hearing is that the Supreme Court ruled against vaccine mandates, the people not really paying attention. And in terms of optics, this is a very good thing, because to your point, this is not going to be solved at the federal level. This will not be solved by nine unelected lunatics in black robes, and it won't be solved by Congress or by a president. This is really going to be solved from the bottom up, peaceful noncompliance, people refusing to subject themselves to the vaccines. And so that's all going to play out across the country in the next 12 months. So the 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 headline, the optics, what people are he hearing is that, no, it's not okay for anyone to mandate a vaccine. And they're not going to get into the nitty gritty as to why that is. But this will help in shaping public sentiment as the battle plays out. Now, the bad news in all of this, I think that I continue to be uneasy about how much power we have conferred to unelected judges. And, you know, this idea that millions of American lives hinge on their arbitrary rulings that essentially we've seen make no sense. They're political, to your point, Steve. They're not, they're not basing their judgments on constitutionality. Right. The Constitution isn't really even playing out here. Um, and so, you know, that is concerning to me. And also our side, the conservatives, continuing to tap dance around the larger issue of whether or not it's okay for any institution, any government institution, private institution or individual having the right to coerce or force another individual into subjecting their bodies to a medical intervention against their will. That's the question. That's the question. And we're not seeing Republican talkers. Rand Paul tweeted out earlier or, or late last week this question, you know, is it is it right for the government to mandate vaccines that are proven not to work? And once again, he, he's not addressing the issue. To Rand, I would say it's not okay for anyone at any time to force anyone to get a medical intervention against their will. But you're not seeing any of those um, talking points from conservatives, from Republicans. They continue to miss this issue. And so it's going to now go back to um, we the people and whether or not we're going to comply. Uh, you know, in terms of New York State, we have a vaccine mandate for all intents and purposes that was put down by our governor. And I can tell you, uh, essentially, you can't go into a restaurant unless you, sh you show your vaccine card. Well, here in Rochester, New York, I can tell you that 90 percent of the restaurants aren't complying. No one's complying with it. It's that disobedience that mm -hmm. eventually is going to change things. And I think the ruling in terms of optics it is going to help in in that arena, arena, and that's where we're really going to see change. But it's gonna it's this is going to play out for another twelve to twenty four months. Aaron, what do you think? So I I don't think this was a win for any constitutional amendment other than the Second Amendment. You already articulated that, <laughs> really honestly, and and so many more issues um, along the lines of what Shannon was saying. We're, we're vesting so much, and we have done my entire life, not just my adult, my entire life, vesting so much, so much administrative power in the administrative 
state. Not in Congress, who we elected, but in unelected bureaucrats everywhere. We're, in, we're vesting so much power there. So really the only thing that's standing in between them and like this headline from New York Daily News, Canada, the search is on for an anti-vaccination dad who is accused of hiding his seven-year-old daughter to keep her from being vaccinated against COVID-19. The only thing standing in between that story happening here is the Second Amendment. Mm. Now, not because we're actually using them, but because they're afraid we might. That's really the message here. I, I'm, I, for one, am shocked that the John Roberts, of all people, uh, played a little politics in this decision and joining the uh, 6-3 uh, decision against OSHA. I'm just totally shocked John Roberts did that and, and decided, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably probably not. We just had 7% consumer, and we'll talk about that late, later, 9% producer inflation. And if we enforce this, then it's going to get even worse. And people are going to go hungry even. Because of the supply chain issues, every, I think the big lesson here, every issue from here on out is a Second Amendment issue. <laughs> really, I, I'm dead serious. It's a Second Amendment issue. Meaning that this is whether measured, or not they can, ahead. whether or not they can go as far as they would like That's to go. That's right. Yeah. Because they're afraid of the people who own all the guns. The cost of compliance, basically. Exactly. That's the only difference between what's happening here, what's going on here. And what's happening in, and you have a few governors like a DeSantis pushing back, but it's largely based that the cost of forcing the compliance is too high. And in the areas where they don't think, a bunch of nurses, they don't care about them, all right? So you guys are lab rats. But a bunch of truckers and everybody else, that cost is too high. And there's both good news and bad news with that, Tim. I mean, the bad news is that the objective standard of what the Constitution says is out the window. That's really bad right. news. But the good news, though, is that it does, in a way, kind of re-empower us to say, uh, hell no, we're not doing any of this. Any. If the Constitution's out the window then, then I guess we'll tell you what we'll do, not you tell us. So uh, you can look at it one of two ways. What are your thoughts? I'm going to use the bullet points of what uh, Aaron said. Uh, basically, all the decisions that I've seen coming down from the Supreme Court, uh, starting with the election, uh, the, the, all of the election issues, is will we start a civil war or not? And I think yeah. they realize we're sitting right on that brink and, and this OSHA regulation could have broke it loose. And, and so they realize where their rulings are coming here. Um, that's what it's coming down. I wonder if they like when they have lunch, you know, they go to like, you know, Jimmy John's or whatever, and they're sitting around those are sandwiches. They're like, yeah, uh, we could uh, let this thing break loose, but we're going to hold them off another hmm. couple of weeks, couple of months till the next big ruling comes through. But the other thing, too, that I'm looking at here is uh, Kavanaugh. What a scam we were sold with this guy, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's literally just like Justice Roberts. He's he's ruling the same way where we thought we had a conservative and we don't. I, the, the more I hear from him, the more I'm like, hey, you know, maybe we should hear out Christine Blasey Ford. Bring her back. Put her on CNN. Let's <laughs> let's just let's maybe oh, he really did like that beer. That's what Jesse Kelly I saw tweeted out yesterday. Hey, maybe we should just gone ahead and left him to the wolves after all. Get based on what we're seeing there. So again, we are supposed to be a republic. Uh, this is not supposed to be mob rule level of democracy. But if you're looking for a silver lining here, if the social compact is broken, and I believe it is, mm -hmm. if the Constitution is a dead letter to uh, a good portion of the country and, and, a, and a majority of the people that are attempting to govern us, and sadly, I, I think that it is, keep in mind, I'm not saying I want that to be true, all right? I'm going to get a foot of, we, we just had two 55 degree days in a row and everything melted. We're getting a foot of snow in an hour. I don't want that to be true. 
but it's, it's, it is. It's it's going to happen. I, I, I'm not in control of it. It is true, unfortunately, that most of the people who govern us nationwide, the Constitution is a dead letter to them, especially if they're in the administrative state. So if that is the case, then here is the signal the Supreme Court sent you today or, or yesterday that along the lines of what Tim and, and Aaron were just talking about. If you are as pissed off as Shannon Joy always is, all right, uh. and you show them that you're going to make it really painful for them to enforce this, that's going to be how you get your way more often than citing the Constitution these days, unfortunately. All right, let's get to the exit question here. Um, I lost it. Where is it? Okay, here it is. Um, quickly, this week, Quinnipiac, a noticeably pro-Democrat poll, had Biden down to just a meager 33% approval among all adults, 28% among Hispanics, 25% among independents. For the record, Trump's record low in that poll was 37%. Do you believe a president who supposedly got 81 million votes could lose this much support that fast? Aaron? Um... Uh, say that again real quick. Do you believe a president that got 81 million votes yeah. could lose that much support that fast? Yes. Okay. Shannon. Yes. Tim. When you lose support at like seven to 10 votes per person at a time. Yeah. Yeah. See, the correct answer is dude didn't get 81 million votes. That That's the <laughs> correct answer, actually. All right. Dude didn't. Okay. Uh, but we'll get into more of those economic numbers when we come back because I, I, get, I may have just... You know, in, in the first half of the Reagan era coming off of the Jimmy Carter malaise, I was an elementary school man, and uh, I, I couldn't believe we were waiting three years between, you know, Empire and, and Jedi. So I didn't know about any of this stuff. But so for a lot of us, we are seeing economic numbers that are unprecedented in America. All right. Uh, we'll describe or discuss that uh, when we return here in a moment. Stay tuned. You know, you got 360 places in your body called joints from the top of your neck all the way down to your feet. And in between, you got places called joints in your arms, your hips, your knees, your feet. 360 places where inflammation can seep in and cause what is known as chronic pain. And if you want to take on uh, that inflammation with an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by decades of clinical research in the last couple of years of my own personal testimony using it every day. By all means, you're looking for Omega XL. And if you want to try it, they're offering buy one, get one free today. When you go buy one bottle, get a second one free today. Not like one individual supplement, okay? The whole bottle. Buy one, get one free today. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve, Again, OmegaXL.com slash Steve. This stuff really works. Aaron can tell you the amount of whining that I have subjected him to over the last few years has severely diminished. All right. OmegaXL.com slash Steve or give him a call at 800-844-4888. Aaron, you and I were just commiserating during the break that according to the U.S. Supreme Court and now the federal government, if you're in the healthcare field, and you're not sick but unjabbed, you cannot work. But if you are infected and jabbed, you can. Makes sense if you uh, don't think about it. Yeah, exactly. So let's not. That's right. All right, let's get back to the day's group here. Shannon Joy here with us, as well as Tim Young. Let's get to issue three, the worst since 1982. 
This week, we received more inflation news on two fronts. Consumer inflation rose 7% in December year over year. That's the worst increase in 40 years. More ominously, producer inflation climbed 9.7% in December year over year. That's the highest increase on record. Add in a supply chain disaster that still hasn't been fixed, and you get a winter of economic misery across the country. Up and down the aisles of this Whole Foods outside San Francisco. A lot of produce was just out. Like, the green onions gone. Like, <laughs> the apples that I was looking for weren't there. To this shop right in New Jersey. Some of the water was missing last time. Some of the cereals were missing. Shoppers across the country are being met with empty shelves. This is actually the third store I've been to tonight trying to find some pasta. And sticker shock. Prices are off the charts. At Nature's Food Patch in Clearwater, General Manager Sean Balsley says he's never experienced anything like it. Uh, it's like an ongoing hurricane that never ends. Tonight, nearly half of all small businesses say they're having to raise their prices. When the bills come in, what do you say? I mean, I'm almost floored. At their dry cleaning businesses in Maryland, Ishmael and Rochelle Wilson feel like they're the ones being taken to the cleaners. Plastic bags, shoulder protectors, receipt paper, all costing way more. This time last year, we paid $24.50 for a box of hangers. Now? Now we pay $52.95. For bags of groceries, you're thinking $120, $130. Not a problem. But when it came out to $293... I was like, wait a second. Rebecca Cummings, a mother from Murrieta, California, is on a fixed income and says the price increases are leading her to make some serious trade-offs. I'm not going to take my medicine like I'm supposed to so I can at least have food on the table for my family. One other stat that just came in this morning, by the way, and uh, if this, this to me might even be more ominous. U.S. retail sales... In December, what goes on in December? A little shopping, shopping season. People, a little bit? people do a lot of retail shopping in December for know. any particular reason. Can you guys can think of one? Okay, so they Bonza. were they were they were expecting <laughs> they were expecting. Well, they're going to be doing that more more and more. That's a Marxist holiday. So here we go. Uh, let's go, Brandon. But uh, they were expecting a point analyst a point one decline in that, given the current state of the economy. That's bad by itself, by the way. It ended up being 1.9%. So almost okay. double. Yeah, it, That's an 1,800% difference. From 0.1 to 1.9 is an 1,800% increase. Okay. So just a bit outside. Tim, true or false? Let's go, Brandon, brother. We'll start with you. Yeah, obviously, let's go, Brandon. If it wasn't the Blaze Network and you... You, 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 you raised my morality. I like to swear a lot. I don't do that in front of you. So, yes, true. Let's go, Brandon. It's funny because everybody keeps telling me I'm lowering theirs. All right, Shannon, go ahead. So in terms of um, Biden, I mean, I don't I'm not confident that Joe Biden has much of a choice in all of this. Um, you all know that I've suspected really since 9-11 that our presidents in this country have been installed rather than elected. And although it's weekend, I think as people are waking up to what is happening and, and people are waking up, um, I do believe that there is this larger shadowy apparatus calling the shots in not only the United States of America, but also across the Western world. We're seeing this with COVID-19 and their agenda is very, very clear. Uh, they want to crush the first world Western democracies 
to set the stage for a global government. And so I think that this this cow is out of the barn. Um, this is coming. We've had now decades of debt spending, like drunken sailors, both Republicans and Democrats. It never changes. And very concerning, I reported this on my show yesterday, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. from his platform on children's health defense uh, tweeted out a, a story. I mean, just a week or two ago, um, 10 countries, including the United States, Austria, Germany, the Netherlands, conducted um, war games, essentially. And this is from the headline, International Finance Leaders Hold War Games Exercises, similar to Event 201 that was six months preceding COVID-19, um, simulating global financial collapse, right? So all of the players were there, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, um, the internet or the international monetary fund world bank bank of international settlements and th this is this is coming I, I i don't think biden has any control over this and i don't think that our congress or any of our government institutions have control over this this, this is coming it's like a freight train and it's going to be painful but i do think the more that americans wake up it's a, it's a it's a heavy lift but people need to know what's coming down the pipe and and they want to crush our economy. I mean, that's that's it. It's war. And people need to figure that out quickly. Aaron. I think Shannon is right. On, this is this is me with crazy voices. Uh, but I think Shannon is closer, closer to the truth than the prevailing narrative that uh, that Biden and that cabal couldn't uh, couldn't even manage, uh, you know, a, uh, a lemonade stand or something like that, even though that's true. There are there are forces, I believe, that are that are at play here that are much bigger than the administration. I, I believe that I, I can't I can't look at the last two years of what's happened in the West and not come to another conclusion. When you look at what happened in 2016, Brexit, Donald Trump, I think the globalist elites who try to pull the strings as much as they can, who, who knows how much power right. they actually have, but they try to pull the strings they looked at that and they said, we cannot count on putting our finger on the media and all these Western countries anymore and just expecting democracy to get our way. We need to try technocracy now. And yeah. I think that's what this is an yeah. attempt of yep. trying to accomplish. Um, wouldn't you know, couldn't the Federal Reserve raise interest rates at any moment? Couldn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't they? Any moment. And that would at least hedge or rein in inflation a little bit. But they don't. Why? Why? Ask yourself that question. Who is benefiting from all of this? I see all of these stories, and yes, they are sad stories. I just featured a few in there right now. People who wouldn't usually have to hit the food bank, hitting the food bank because groceries are so darn expensive. Why is a media under a Democrat president featuring so many of these sob stories, and they really are sob stories? Why, why is that happening? Maybe, maybe they just want to, I don't know, cloward piven this entire economy when they have this chance. Maybe they oh, want yeah. to crash it to build something new in its stead. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what their goal is, because I really do think something like that is being attempted. Whether or not it'll work will, will just remains to be seen, but I really do think something like that is, is being attempted. Capitalism was tried. It failed. It couldn't stand up to... Let us save you. Yeah, it couldn't stand up to uh, the worst pandemic in 100 years. 
and we're in too big of a hole to dig out of now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is the new system that you need. Is yep. that what you're saying can yep. happen? Are we crazy, Tim? I've been on the Illuminati email list for a couple of months and I haven't said anything about this. Uh, you're only crazy when I guess you start to say 9-11 is an inside job. That's when I start to go, okay, all right, that's enough. And then I turn my little computer off. Now, look, I, I understand these people want to do that. I just think that they, they're idiots all overall. Yep. They're everybody who's running this are yes. idiots. I don't think they're as organized as you think that they are. Mm-hmm. And that's what will keep things in check. I believe it was, yep. uh, what was it, Federalist 51, uh, No Men Are Angels, and uh, ultimately... Uh, their own egos are what balance everything. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a totally different topic, but we were discussing this yesterday as we went in depth on the for a second time with the the major Murphy memo that Project Veritas came out with on COVID stand. And he is writing to the inspector general of the Department of Defense, one of the highest ranking members of the Pentagon. And and he is pointing out to him, hey, this paper trail between NIAID, Fauci, and EcoHealth Alliance, everybody knows where this paper trail is. Like, this isn't hard stuff to yeah. find, okay? Like, I mean, it's it's easy to go out there and get this kind of stuff. It, to what you're talking about, uh, it, it, it's, if, it, I, I've, if they were as organized and as good at this as we fear, stuff like this would not get this bad, all right? They, they, they wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't be so easy to debunk, all right? It wouldn't be so easy to confront, uh, it does, and so it's it's more to me about what they what they want to do as opposed to what they actually can do. In other words, if they had the means, what would they do? Okay. Well, that, that know, to me is put, the thing. Well, let me put push back on you just a little bit. I mean, if you look at Event Two Hundred One, which happened in October of two thousand and nineteen, six months before we all heard of a coronavirus. I mean, they laid out exactly what they what they were going to do. And I don't think any of us could disagree that they were incredibly effective. That's not what I mean. You're, you're correct out. about that. Just to clarify what I mean. What I mean yeah. is a community college guy on, a, on Blaze TV wouldn't be able to get data from Denmark and Sweden and all kinds of other places to debunk them. Okay. That's what right. I mean. What I mean right. is that, 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 that it's not that they're not as sinister as we think they are. It's that they're not as all powerful as we think they are. It's not Same. as all well, encompassing. That's it's what harder I mean. for them now. I mean, after 20 months of this, there are so many people who are awake. Yes, there are so many court. I mean, it, it, it is it, it's we're on fire. People, the 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 rate of awakening is astounding to me. It's happening I very agree. quickly. The, so I it's going to be harder for them to accomplish this, but that doesn't mean that they're going to try. And and it's good for us to be prepared to push back against any of the narratives because they're going to try to spark a run on the banks. Agreed. They're Aaron, quickly go. I think the money line of dialogue from the movie Don't Look Up is Jennifer Lawrence's character saying to Timothy Chalamet's character, who was just railing against how evil the fascists are, they're not smart enough to be as evil as you're giving them credit for. Yeah. Now, I think that is. I think that kind of sums this up. I would say, though, stupid and evil is probably the most dangerous. Uh, that, that, there's something to that, too. All right, exit question quickly. True or false? Biden is going to have to choose between COVID fascism or energizing the economy between now and the midterms because he cannot do both. Aaron? False. Shannon? Um, I'm going to go with Aaron. False. Tim? Why are the Illuminati keeping you held below Glenn Beck archives? I, I don't understand. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the kicker topic here quickly. Uh, So the the Scream movie franchise from the 90s is being somewhat rebooted with a new movie this weekend. If you could bring back one pop culture item from the 1990s for a modern day reboot or update, what would it be? Aaron. The OG Dodge Viper. 
those things when I was a kid, the the, the little cars or the little Hot Wheels of yeah. those, I loved those. Now I know they've been in production off and on. I think the last time they were in production was 2017, but the OG Dodge Viper. All right. Tim, what about you? Full shelves of food. Boy, was that an awesome time. <laughs> Love that. So trendy. You could pick whatever you wanted at a reasonable price. Those were the days. That's you know what, dude? Have you ever considered like um, an ad-libbing kind of a career? Like, I don't know, like stand-up or anything like that. You ever thought about that? Or hosting a show, maybe, off the top of your head? Well, your network won't give me one. I know that. Ask Ricky. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a whole thing. That was very well played. Shannon, I'm sorry. I should have gone to him last. Go ahead and follow that. Go ahead. Oh, I'll beat it. Oregon Trail. Because our kids are too soft, and we all grew up in the 90s with the Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's a lesson in life. You got to get your supplies. You got to, you know, kill your dinner. And if the rattlesnake doesn't get you, dysentery will. I mean, it really, like, the kids today need to know that life isn't easy, and I think Oregon Trail is what we need to bring back. Well, listen, the, the Australians are paying Indians over there to do their job. You saw that translator right. at the beginning of the show. It's like they already have the Oregon Trail. There you go. There you go. I mean, we were so tough Real in the life. 90s, man. We listened to rock stars who wore flannel in the summer. All right? So there you go. All right, let's get to predictions. Shannon, you get to go first this time. Go ahead. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's eyebrows will have their own Twitter account by the end of next year. <laughs> That's well Love played, it. too. Dude, I... I, I I hadn't thought about the T'Pau from Star Trek 3 in like 20 years. And then when I saw her eyebrows the other day, suddenly that came to mind like Spock's Catra has been restored. All right, Tim, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to actually curb my own inflation for the rest of the year by shouting out my rich friends on your show. Hi, Ashley at Bob's Steakhouse. Thanks for the free drinks tonight. <laughs> nice. All right, Aaron. Um, my prediction is not nearly as cool as both of those. I, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get bounced from the playoffs in the divisional round. Wow. Setting your little reverse hedge on your own emotions. Yeah. I mean, it's just terrible going to the Super Bowl two years in a row. I mean, what would you ever do? I mean, if they didn't make it again this year. Aren't you like a Lions fan or something? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And we haven't, we've won one playoff game since 1957. Really? Yeah. In case you haven't told you that recently. <laughs> I haven't heard yeah. that. I predict that my favorite moment of 2022, the show's only been back for a week. I predict my favorite moment of 2022 may have already occurred. Yesterday, Democrats who created, uh, profited off of, and perpetuated the fake Russian collusion narrative. Yesterday, they used the very uh, instrument they now call a relic of the Jim Crow era, which was actually all Democrats too, by the way. Uh, they, they used the filibuster, all right, the relic of the Jim Crow era, in order to defeat, now wait for it, wait for it, sanctions against Russia, okay? That, folks, for the third time this hour, is further proof that time is indeed a flat circle. I, I don't know if we can cross, if, if, we can, if we can dot as many cosmic eyes in one gesture than we already can with that move that happened yesterday. Shannon and Tim, excellent to have you guys both with us uh, and to filling in uh, this week. Appreciate your time. God bless you both. All right, take care. Thanks. You got it. All right, we'll come back. It'll be time for some feedback Friday. We haven't done one of these in a while because, you know, the last week of the year was, you know, kind of the wrap-ups of 2021 and everything else. So we got a lot of feedback to get to. We'll get to as much of it as we can when we return. (laughs) 
And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre. No Todd in today. He has the day off. That's right. He asked me for a day off. The first, the first week after being off for three and a half weeks. Frankly, I thought it was so absolutely ridiculous. And the amount of chutzpah required was so obnoxious. I, of course, granted it as the dude code commanded because it just took Can I have a particular off? set of stones. No. <laughs> Halfway through that, I'm like, hey, this is my shot. <laughs> oh, well played. Well played. All right, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com uh, is how you can email the program. This is the most I've laughed all week, actually. That's is, good. Is this show. So, yeah. uh, and after uh, Omicron has decided to invade every uh, mortal coil in my home uh, this week, I guess we're going to get ours out of the way. So if you want an Omicron scouting report, steve at stevedace.com, send me your emails. I can give you one, all right? I've seen it in a... Middle-aged guy, middle-aged woman, a uh, teenage uh, boy, and a teenage girl. Actually, my oldest, who doesn't even live with us anymore, she's got it too. So the entire, you know, I, you know what? The universe knows we want to take a family vacation next month, so we're going to get our Omicron surge out yeah. of the way, like right now, okay? I've been in the studio with you all week, Bella, and our son uh, probably had it a couple of weeks ago. I have not gotten it at all. I have not. I've felt great. The wind blows where it blows. Yeah. Now, you may have it. It just might not be symptomatic. Yeah. Yeah. So, Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. See, in your case, the universe knew that with a young child, one of you had to be healthy. Yep. Okay? <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Look for us as well on uh, MeWe, Parlor and Gab, at Steve Day Show on Getter. And then rumble.com slash Steve Day Show is where you can go to get clips of the show free of censorship, but then also uh, free to watch if you want to do that. If you listen to the podcast, it is quote unquote free, um, but we would appreciate it uh, because there are many of you that have done this already uh, and have helped our show to explode. Uh, the more of you who keep giving us five-star reviews, hitting subscribe and or follow, depending on what is used, where you podcast us from, the more it continues to help the show. Thank you to all of you that have done that for us already. Already, We are very, very appreciative. All right. I also want to let you know that free email services like Gmail and Yahoo are not really free. Uh, you end up paying with your privacy, with your data. Uh, internet giants like Big Tech uh, end up exploiting that data. Uh, by selling it to the highest bidder. If you've got a business plan, chances are Google has it, for example. Your medical records, Yahoo's probably already given those to drug companies. All right, so if you want to ensure what remaining privacy you actually still have online, check out StartMail. Uh, they will keep your email private, period. Every email with StartMail, that's S-T-A-R-T, as in start, not star, I made that mistake once. Don't do that. Startmail.com. Uh, every email, uh, even if the incipient, the incipient recipient doesn't use encryption, is encrypted. Either way, you can encrypt your emails regardless of the status of the recipient. Uh, and when you delete an email with Startmail, it is gone for good. Uh, it's backed by some of the most stringent privacy laws in the world. And here's an important point to know, too. They own their own servers. They don't outsource their bandwidth. So... 
They're not going to be subject to spam phishing attacks or getting deplatformed like what temporarily happened with Parler uh, a while back. So uh, if you want to secure your email privacy today with Startmail, sign up, get 50% off your first year, 50% off your first year when you go to startmail.com slash Steve. Again, that's start with a T. S-T-A-R-T, startmail.com slash Steve for 50% off your first year at startmail.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to today's or this week's um, Feedback Friday. It has been a long time since we've done this. So let's get through as many of these as we can. Uh, Let's start here. My wife and I, this is from John in Michigan. My wife and I were recently informed that we're being written out of her grandparents' will due to us not being jabbed. Her grandma was recently diagnosed with cancer and she had to wait about a month to get a scan on her body to see if the tumors discovered were cancerous or not. And the one month wait was being blamed on the jabbed, like my wife and I. I've shared an enormous amount of data with them, but they just consume any turd that comes from CNN and Fuhrer Fauci. My mother-in-law stood up for us, even though she's even in the jab camp, She wishes that we would get jabbed, but respects our decision. It seems that although there is a division setting in, other family members, the the whole side of the family is lefties minus two, have reached out and expressed how bizarre this is getting. I'm hoping that this may be the straw that breaks the camel's back and may wake some people up. Here's to hoping. So the last time we did one of these was what, December 10th? Yep. Okay. So it's been more than a month since we've done a Feedback Friday. And I can't tell you when John sent this note. I don't remember how far back it was. But it's been at least five or six weeks. And the amount of jabbed people who have come out testing positive during this period of time, courtesy of uh, a terrible jab product and or Omicron, I think it's wakened, wakened, woke some people up here a little bit? Oh, undoubtedly. A few, I would say. Now, in your case, though, uh, I, I think that you're, you're, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, your, your grandparents are in a cult. Okay. I, I don't know that it'll wake them up. I, I wouldn't count on that inheritance, I guess is what I'm trying to say, sadly. But um, uh, I, I do think there is another layer of people like the other members of the family you mentioned who I do think it could wake up for sure. But if you're at that stage of giving over, that uh, your mouth is agape, and you're letting CNN defecate into it. I, I, I don't know that there's only, the only thing I can think of in this world that's going to save somebody from something like that is called the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that's the level of delusion that you have bought yourself into. I've been hearing talk lately that it's time for conservatives to become activists in the war against evil. Initially, the idea made me recoil and I had to think about why. The purest definition of the word activism is simply acting upon your strongly held beliefs. And then it occurred to me, like much of our language, we've allowed the spirit of the age to corrupt the term so that for myself and other conservatives, it represents radical, unhinged extremism. How do we convince conservatives to adopt a concept that is the equivalent of hot pokers under their fingernails? While I'd prefer that we start taking our language back, maybe we just need a more palatable term for what's necessary here. Instead of becoming activists, perhaps instead we become activated. There's an episode of the TV show The Goldbergs that perfectly illustrates this concept. 
If you're unfamiliar, Murray, the father, is a guy that's generally unaffected by his eccentric wife and goofy kids. It takes a lot to get him off his barca lounger and into pants. He's not lazy or weak. He just simply doesn't freak out over every little thing and would rather preserve his energy for when it really counts. In the season five episode, Spaceballs, he finally comes across an issue with one of his children that motivates him to get involved, to which his wife Beverly comments, your father's been activated. It's a combo of aggravation, frustration, and rage so powerful it makes him the most determined man on the planet. That's a quote. Activists freak out over every little thing. The activated are determined and focused about protecting what's important to them. We as conservatives need to be awake and activated if we have any hope of defeating the evil in front of us. What do you think? That is from Emily Kalaga. I think that's a, first of all, I think it's an interesting premise, which is why I included it in the Feedback Friday. I'm not as hung up on the term activist but if you are, I mean, not you, Emily, but you people you know and people in our audience, if you are or know people who are, uh, I love here's, I love this definition. A combo of aggravation, frustration, and rage so powerful, it makes him the most determined man on the planet. Uh, I love that. I love that definition. And... we have been way too complacent. But let me also say this, because this is, this is another reason why I included your note. It, it should also be in our nature as conservatives, because we, what is conservatism? I've always liked the Mark Levin definition, that conservatism is an observational science. I don't believe it's an ideology. It's an observational science. It's, it's, it's a seeking to conserve that which has proven to be true, best, and beautiful for, uh, for, for humans and to conserve those things and ideas. So I, I, I don't view it as an ideology. I think one of the reasons why it's hard to get us affirmatively to agree on an agenda is because... We do, too many people on the right see it as an ideology. If we started from the premise of, is it, it's an observational science, totally different conversation. Because if we start from the premise of, it's an ideology, then I'm going to come to the forefront with my particular biases. And this is why we break down in these camps, right? Fiscal conservatives, social conservatives, Tea Party conservatives. I mean, what's your priority? What floats your boat? What fires you up? Instead, if you start from the premise that it's an observational science, then we begin from, what have we observed to be true? That's a different conversation. That, that changes the whole trajectory of the conversation then. And it should therefore be, since, since we're the people that supposedly have the long-term view. We shouldn't freak out over every little thing. We shouldn't go out of our way to be offended. We shouldn't be looking for offense. But when, when it's obvious, though, that we are, we are 
beyond the pale here, that we're about to cross a line or have, that we are about to take a, or, or, or to contemplate a tipping point moment as a society. I think that's then when you get activated. Does this make sense, Aaron? Yeah. And I was frustrated in 2020 that there was not far more outrage over being locked down and everything else. I thought we were complacent. I don't think we're complacent now. I think we're pretty activated right now. Could we be more activated? Sure. But you learn from raising teenagers that things could always get better, but they could always be a lot worse. So we, we need to be more activated than we are. But we're maybe the most activated I've ever seen in my career right now. And I want I don't want to squash that. I don't want to um, not recognize that. I, I want to be thankful for it. it. It it still needs to grow, but we're way ahead of at any point that I can remember. So I do think we are activated. My fear, as I've articulated from the first day we came back, though, is the is the drip, the jopium. And my fear is is the dog returning to its own vomit. That we return here to the Barca lounger because we voted for G, the, the team GOP and we saved saved America again. That is my fear. So you're going to probably hear me harp on that quite a bit this year. We cannot afford to do that. The, the outsourcing of our activism or activation, as Emily would prefer, uh, has come at a steep cost for decades now. My goodness, look at the conversations we're having right now. Look at the conversations we're having about education reform, about critical race theory. Look at the conversations we're having about defiance and noncompliance. Roe might be partially yeah, overturned. I, I mean, this is stuff. I mean, it's not a. It's not a. An exaggeration to say you somewhat grew up listening to me on local radio. Oh, I did. And you've worked here now for over six years. Yep. So from a lot of your life, you've heard me talking about these things, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're happening. Or on the brink of happening or being contemplated yeah. when when you know when earlier in my career talking about this kind of stuff people thought I was nuts people thought I was crazy it wasn't it wasn't practical it wasn't pragmatic so I think those are all very very good signs uh, I I like the level of activation we have it's it's ultimately not where we want to, where we need to be but the game's not over yet either like it's the second quarter now okay and. As we approach halftime, we're in good position. If we stay with this trend line, I like where this goes. Okay? But, you know, the other team's going to make it halftime adjustments too. And and therefore, we need to make adjustments on the basis of what we think they'll adjust to us with. And my fear is that we'll be very complacent because hey, we did our part, we got it to halftime, and now we just sit around and vote GOP and they save us. We can't do that. Unless you're governed by Ron DeSantis... You can't do that. The rest of America pretty much can't do that. Heather writes, we know that Trump is a braggart, but the incessant bragging about how fast he got these experimental jabs to the market is infuriating. I voted for the guy twice. I've agreed with many of his policies. 
but I cannot stand that he thinks this was a win for his presidency, how he handled COVID, particularly uh, since uh, it was he who allowed uh, the, who lost control of the COVID messaging. It was his biggest failure, in my opinion. He has been given too many opportunities to get himself out of hot water about these jabs, but he's doubled down every time. What a shame. I cannot tell you how many emails I have received. So the week before we got back, it was all Ted Cruz uh, and his ridiculous comments about January 6th all the time, right? That was my Mm -hmm. entire inbox, if it wasn't COVID-related. This week, it's all Trump jab stuff. So, you know, this isn't a hardcore MAGA show and probably never will be and never has been. But it has it was a show that was very supportive to his reelection last time around and was fairly supportive of his presidency prior to March of 2020. When things went off the rails with covid. Um, so. Anecdotally, what does that mean about Trump's base of support? Well, I, I don't. I don't think Trump needs a show like this to win the nomination again. I mean, he didn't have a show like this to win the nomination the last time. Okay. I think it does go a long way in terms of how unified that base is. If he is the nominee, I think it goes a long way towards that, but I don't think it, I, I don't think losing a large segment of this audience probably deters Trump from winning the GOP nomination in 2024. If I'm being brutally honest. I mean, unless our show grows another three, four hundred percent, then it might, you know, you start going from, you know, six figures per episode to high six figures and stuff, then it might. But on our current trajectory, it would not, I don't believe. If I were in hardcore MAGA world, I'd be far more concerned about what other folks that are hardcore MAGA people are saying about this, because that has drawn my attention. And I don't know, there was a subtle little thing that happened earlier today. I just didn't have a chance to address it on Twitter before we went on the air. So so earlier this week when Trump made the comments about the jabs and who's been boosted, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he said this on that uh, One American News Network, I think is he did an interview there. And uh, all these Republicans, they're gutless. They won't come out and admit that they got the jab because they know it's unpopular. So A, he's admitting that he is aware. So, so let, we've got to get rid of this whole he's getting bad advice thing now. Okay, I I do think Trump has been given bad advice at times. All right. But in this case, he is telling you he knows that these boosters are not popular with his base. He said this. He acknowledged it. And then he said, but I got the booster. I didn't have any side effects. So there's a one guy sample for you. Uh, And um, the rest of these Republicans need to be asked, did you get the booster? And they've got to be honest. Remember, we had this conversation. Yeah. He's, he, he's, he's trying to say, hey, you can't be mad at me for promoting the jabs because they're all taking my jabs. So you can't, you can't switch from me to one of them. And I think everybody assumed that there's really only one person right now that's even within Trump's area code from a nomination standpoint that I think it was the assumption was that this was a reference to Ron DeSantis, right? Mm-hmm. Did you hear what Ron DeSantis said earlier this morning? No. DeSantis said earlier this morning, and I don't know the context if he was asked, hey, what would you do differently, et cetera. But somehow it came up, I came out, I I saw the quote, and I don't know the context of it though, but the quote was, if I could do it differently, basically, I would have been more boisterous, boisterous against the lockdowns early in the Trump presidency. If I knew 
then what I knew now about the data. And I suspected it, but I didn't have the data. If I had better data, I'd have been far more critical of the lockdowns early on in the Trump presidency as well. Did he say Trump presidency? Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. That that got my attention a little bit. Yeah. If Donald Trump believes that it's part of his job to, you know, if he's running again, part of his job as uh, as a candidate to educate and cajole his own base into getting the shots and or the boosters, there's going to be a huge opening on an issue that has been and will continue to be top of mind for his entire base. And that is lockdowns and covid tyranny. You know, it's one thing, it's one thing when you're really good on a handful of issues or good on one issue. It's another thing when you're really, really, really good and you have a good record on the issue that most people are thinking about and that's top of mind and that's impacting people. If he continues on this track, Ron DeSantis, I believe, would have a huge opening, a huge opening to paint some distance and attack Trump from the right. Which is which is hard to do, which is hard to do, but uh, but that would be an opening. I wonder. I was thinking about this this morning before the show, and and I wasn't sure it would come up. But since we're here now, let me ask the question. Okay. I wonder if if this ruling from the court yesterday, if one of the big winners from this is not Donald Trump. And here's why: much of not all, but much of the consternation because keep in mind what is it 86 million people work in the private workforce right okay Mm -hmm. so if just the 86 think about that by the way folks there's 330 plus million americans and less than 90 million of them less than 90 million of them work in the private sector all right in fact let's do a since we brought that up let's do a little quick math here shall we so let's just, a nice round number. I think it's actually like 332 and change. But we'll just go with 330 million people, right, Aaron? Okay. Yep. 76 million of them are children. Okay. So if we deduct 330 minus 76, what do we come up with here? 233. 234, yeah. something like that. All right. Mm-hmm. So 230, that means there are 234 million Americans of working age. Okay. And yes, I know that teenagers in a lot of states, 14 or 15, you could be working, but we'll just go with adults. We'll we'll just go with adults. Okay. So there are 200 plus million Americans. All right. You're right. Make up a good point with seniors. All right. So I think it's something like 17 million Americans are 75 and older. Let's say 205, 210. So let's just say 200 million. We'll say 200 million people are adults of working age in America. Less than 90 million of them work in the private sector. Wow. It's fewer than half. That's fewer than half. I mean, wow. You want to know why nobody's for limited government anymore? Because the majority of us are working for the government, folks. Okay? That not being, that notwithstanding, though. If, if just those 85 to 90 million people that work in the private sector were able to vote in a presidential election, who wins, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Uh, Donald Trump. And I think fairly convincingly, like yeah. three to seven points maybe, yep. eight points maybe. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So 
a lot of the tension over jab mandates from his base's point of view, not all of it, because there's plenty of people that work in the medical field Mm -hmm. that are his voters as well, but this is a smaller segment of the society and, and, and much smaller than the 90 million people we're talking about here, okay? Much of the tension over jab mandates within his base was diffused yesterday, right? Yep. Okay. So as long as that's gone, now we have individual states that are going to do this, but a lot of these states like New York and California, Trump has no shot. No, nobody, yeah. no matter who the Republicans nominate, they have no shot to win these kind of states, right? Okay. You see what I'm getting at mm-hmm. here? Yep. Did much of this tension within his base get diffused by what the Supreme Court did yesterday? Because there's a difference in I disagree with Trump's, Trump's pitching the jabs. I, I, I find it nauseating. I'm annoyed by it to, hey, you're pimping something that's threatening my livelihood and might, cha- might take my job away, my home away, my life away. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Was a lot of that tension alleviated for Trump yesterday? I think it depends on which companies continue to uh, continue to try to foist these vaccine mandates upon their employees. Now, uh, Zero Hedge had it this morning. The General Electric is no longer. It's, it's dropping its policy in the wake of this decision yesterday at the Supreme Court. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, GA, GE is still a huge company. Um, I, I do think, though, the, the jab mandate conversation I don't think the left is going to be able to quit that. And who runs a lot of these big corporations, you know, or or large large uh, companies? Uh, they're 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 largely leftist. Now, as far as the small business owners, which are still uh, there's still a lot of them, probably not going to be as big of a deal. But I think the annoyance, the the the, the specter of the jab is still going to be hanging over his base. For for the foreseeable future, and I think just the plain annoyance, here's what's happening. Donald Trump, Donald Trump starts talking about China and the border and the drug, drug mules and rapists coming across our border, and he does it in a way. You've, you've made this analogy before. He does it in a way, and, and, he, and he comes down the, the escalators in Trump Tower where everything is just gaudy and golden. And he starts talking about this and that, and you're like, I want to have a beer with this guy. Whereas Mitt Romney, you know, uh, just as rich, if not more so rich, uh, that guy hates my guts. I just have this feeling he hates my guts. He's he's romnifying himself. So, yeah, it alleviates some of that t- tension, but still fundamentally, you're at odds with each other. If you want, if his ego is going to make it such that a principal uh, cornerstone of a potential run for re-election is... I did these wonderful jabs. Go get your jabs. Go get your boosters. That's not a guy I want to get. That's not a guy who understands me. That's not a guy that gets me anymore. That's not a guy who uh, I want to have a beer with. If if he makes it a cornerstone. Now, if it's like, I don't know, three, four, five down the list, and he's only bringing it up infrequently, I I then think that he's back to being where he was before, which is just kind of a... Uh, a tour de force right now, just a force uh, on the right. But if he wants to make it a principal cornerstone of his reelection effort, I would still stay away from that because because you're really you're really putting a wedge between you and a lot of your base. Uh, even if the base is not faced with that specter immediately of of being forcibly jabbed, 
you're still making it, you're, you're still not doing yourself any favors because you're detracting from what made you so likable and relatable in the first place to a lot of your base. Well said. By the way, several of you are cr- rightfully correcting me here. Thank you. When we were talking about the 90, the, around 90 million people, 85 to 90 affected by this, it's those who work for firms of 100 or more. Okay. True. All right. So our math here is off. So I, I while Aaron was giving that excellent answer, I did look. The, according to the, the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the last number I could find was in 2019. So this is pre-COVID, Stan. Okay. Pre-lockdown, shutdowns, recessions, everything we're seeing now. But what I could find, fourth quarter of 2019, 107.8 million people uh, worked in the private sector. 107.8 million. So what did we figure was the, the number? Roughly 200 million people of working yep. age in America. So that puts it more of a, of a 51-49 private in favor of private to public. That's still, though, it, it, that's, that's stunning that that many people. Because I think they're also counting um, ag, farm. That's why they call uh, it non-farm. Yeah. They're ca- counting farmers as government because of how many of them because that's so heavily subsidized right yep. so stop and think about the fact there are that maybe half or barely over half the jobs in this country are truly private sector that's incredible and that's pre-covid so who knows what the numbers are now yep. we'll come back more feedback friday in a moment Man, I'm telling you, you guys mock me, but there's a reason why every time that flavor comes out, I buy it. I just I dove into my cookie dough stash of Built Bars, brought one with me this morning for my Built Bar break. My goodness, that is still phenomenal. That 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 is still better than most of the candy bars I've tried, and trust me, I've tried a lot of candy bars, right? So if you want the absolute best tasting protein bar of all time, and it, hey, well, cookie dough is number one all by itself in Built Bar's uh, flavor power ratings. But it's it's a pretty long and distinguished list. There are so many great flavors there, and you can try any of them today, uh, including with their variety box, where you can kind of get a, a, an assortment of flavors and find out what one's right for you. Maybe Cookies and Cream is one of their absolute best everyday staples. Uh, I love the mint brownie too. Coconut is excellent. Whatever you want to try. Uh, they're always 180 calories or less. Think about that. Uh, up to 18 grams of protein. I mean, that's almost a meal replacement for you right there. Uh, and if if you're looking for something to keep you healthy while you're trying to get healthy here this time of year, uh, and the snacking you're worried ruins your discipline, let Bilt Bar be that snack for you. All right, and did I mention easy on the tummy? You can't always say that about protein bars. This one is. All right, Bilt.com, B-U-I-L-T. Bilt.com is the website to go to. And if you use my last name, Dace, as a promo code, 15% off, 15% off when you use DACE as the promo code at built.com. All right, let's continue on here. This is from Ashley. I work for a family physician that luckily is a believer in ivermectin and any and all COVID-19 treatments. And coincidentally, our office is inside of a compounding pharmacy that readily and willingly fills our ivermectin scripts without hassle. So needless to say, I sent ivermectin along, ivermectin along with early COVID treatment protocol packets to my friends and family as soon as I heard any of them were sick. 
Unfortunately for my friend's husband, it was too late. He had already been sick for five days when they contacted me, and he did not survive on the ventilator. I'm sorry to hear that. However, here is a text she sent me yesterday that I wanted to share with you so as to encourage you to continue promoting this great information from the early COVID treatment packet. Lives literally depend on it. And I wish hospitals, doctors, and more people would utilize this information for patients. But as we know, there's no money in vitamins and supplements for big pharma and corrupt hospital administrations. The note she sent to me was, quote, Hi, Ashley, I wanted to thank you for all your effort to help my husband and I. I truly believe that I wouldn't be here if I didn't have your help with the COVID protocol and giving us uh, Sean's name for getting me mobile IVs. It saved my life. We are, of course, grieving and still can't believe that this happened. I'm so angry, sad, and confused, as are the kids. Please know that I will always be thankful for your help. God had a plan. It just wasn't ours. End quote. She survived. If I can save one person, it is worth it. Thank you again for all you do. You continue to keep me and many others struggling with working in healthcare to stay motivated. I've shared with you guys the first day we got back just a few of the notes from people that are upsetting. And I, I get these way too often. At least way too often for me. I mean, I, I'm emotionally immature. And <laughs> I'm fine with the fight. I'm fine with being hated. I'm fine with being disliked. If anything, I get off on it in an unhealthy way. I'm not fine internalizing the amount of grief and pain and suffering that I see going on with you guys. That... Uh, that as I've told you before, I'm really struggling how to process that and and because I just I want to save it, I want to fix it, I want to avenge it, really, probably more than anything else. Um what I don't share with you though is the amount of people that we have had that have emailed us who were able to get the treatments that they needed because they heard us or a show like us provide those options and you know Daniel Horowitz Horowitz and I were talking the other day and we're like uh, we didn't get into this to do this (laughs) we had no idea we were going to be doing stuff like this this is not our area of expertise but and I just got a note from a good friend of mine his mom 75 triple jabbed COVID positive with symptoms. So let me share them again. Okay. You can go to sevencells.com. You have to spell out the number seven. Sevencells.com. I still think either me or Daniel's name is a promo code there. And they can do telehealth. They can, it, it's all encompassing there. They, they don't just do script fulfillment. They can do it all there. But you also need to know that they can't deliver to 35 states right now for whatever reason. And Texas apparently is one of them. All right. Um, FLCCC, Frontline Critical Care, um, uh, Frontline Critical Care Alliance, COVID Critical Care is what the CCC stands for. But it's the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance, FLCCC, three Cs, FLCCC.net. This is Pierre Corey in that group. And they have a lot of things that you can just read online, by the way. Um, if you're not in a high-risk group, if you're not 75 like my buddy's mom, 
If you're not autoimmune like Glenn Beck, if you're not in a high-risk group, you might think given Omicron's symptoms, you can manage them, which are... What what is the last week? What is this? I've never had a cold like this. I have like all the symptoms of a cold, but it's never been a cold like this. Similar to the previous variant, you had all the symptoms of a really bad flu or pneumonia, but you'd never had a flu or pneumonia like that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like a like a, a a supersized version of it. Okay, it's very fatiguing, very fatiguing, and. Uh, Yesterday, I got kind of concerned when I got home because I started running a low-grade fever for the first time. And then about two hours later, that fever broke. And it wasn't just like my forehead was kind of sweaty. I mean, my whole body was kind of sweaty. Uh, so it wasn't just that my, 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 I, that was a temporary respite. I've not had a temp since. And I felt great since. So I'm still kind of draining. That's why I still sound a little nasally. Today is the best I have felt all week long is today. And every, everything I've seen for a lot of people, this is a three to five day issue. But then some of the fatigue can go on afterwards. So, I mean, it's a supersized cold. If you think I can maybe manage that without direct intervention, because right now people like our friend Molly James, they're overloaded right now. Then if you go to FLCCC, three Cs, FLCCC.net, they have a lot of PDFs and stuff right there that you can take a look at their protocols and try to match those. If you think you don't need an ivermectin or a hydroxy for this. I have been taking H... My, I, I did start my HCQ protocol two days ago. I started mine on Wednesday night. Um, if you do want to talk to somebody directly, you can do that there too. You can go to our friend Molly James, jamesclinic.com. It used to be ivermectinken.com. Now it's jamesclinic.com, jamesclinic.com. And there is still some delta out there. People still experiencing the cytokine storms and the pulmonary um, inflammation that is serious via delta. So people like her can help with that. Uh, pushhealth.com is another one. Pushhealth.com. Myfreedoctor.com is another one myfreedoctor.com. And for whatever reason, I always forget this one. Um, Stella Emanuel, Dr. Stella MD, Stella, a name we, we need to use more often. Underrated name, a forgotten name. I love that name. S-T-E-L-L-A, Stella. Uh, DrStellaMD.com. That's DrStellaMD.com. Let's continue on. Uh, Devin writes, I'm active duty military. I've requested a religious exemption for the vaccine. I heard this morning that the the military has not approved a single religious exemption amongst the thousands that have been submitted. Not a single one. I am due to move next summer, but a new memo came out restricting all movement for those without vaccines or approved exemptions. Not a single religious exemption has been approved yet. Well, Devin wrote this email weeks ago. That's still true from what I heard today. With rumors that they most likely will not, nearly 5,000 people requested waivers across the Department of Defense. If my waiver request is denied and I do not concede, I will most likely be separated early and potentially owe money for separating before my contract is up. I'm recently engaged to an active duty Marine. He received the uh, jab prior to his last deployment, but he fully supports my decision to not get it. He is getting out and we are planning a wedding for April. 
I'll be honest, though, the longer this goes on, the more it feels like I'm being punished for not complying, and it's tough. I'm going to continue to pray that if this door closes, a better opportunity comes along. I potentially had orders to Alaska, and that makes me want to give in to get the jab, but I just can't bring myself to be one of the sheep. Steve, what is your take? This jab does not work against the variant that is overwhelming the country right now. It does not work. That's my take. This jab doesn't work. I just told you, I got a text from a buddy of mine. Mom is 75, triple jabbed, COVID positive with symptoms. This jab does not work against the variant that is sweeping the country right now. It doesn't work. And we can have the whole argument about severe infection. There are very few severe infections. Now, my buddy's mom, who is 75 and overweight, she would be in a risk group. But you know why? God bless her. She's 75. Even if she wasn't overweight, at 75, she'd be in a risk group for everything. She's 75. The weight just adds to that. This, this won't do anything to stop you from getting this infection. So, Devin, I'm not here to tell you what decisions to make. First of all, thank you for your service and your willingness to serve and to your future husband as well on behalf of all of us, first and foremost. Secondly, though, you have to make the decision, as you would in, in, in a lot of situations, if they told you to raise R-A-Z-E, to raise a village, would you do it? I, there would be a moral calculation, right? Is the enemy truly there? Is it mostly women and children? How good is the intel? Right? So that's true of this morally ambiguous situation because this isn't a safety situation. These jabs will not stop you from getting this variant. They're a negative efficacy situation. So this has nothing to do with health. Nothing. Now, when you join something like the military, you agree to a different layer, an added layer of inconvenience, of being inconvenienced, of being violated. That goes with the territory. So you're accustomed to that. And so what you and others like you have to determine is... Is this violation in accordance with the commitment I made to serve this country, or is it in conflict with it? Is it an annoyance, or is it a violation of conscience? Guys, I've been fighting a sneeze here for the last half an hour. That's why you keep seeing me do this with my nose. I'm trying not to sneeze on the air. I'm going to talk for a little bit. <laughs> I think I got it. But you can talk for a bit if you want. But, I mean, you're. I know you've got a brother in the military. This is really the issue, okay? Because you're going to be inconvenienced a lot. That's part of the gig. But are you going to be asked to defy your conscience? Because from a safety standpoint... These won't stop you from getting it. Won't stop anybody in your union from getting or in, in your unit 
from either getting it or spreading it. It will not. So then this is not about safety. Throw that completely out. Not about safety on any level. So then you have to look about the other things that you have to look at the other things that it's about, and then you have to decide. Is that the level of violation and inconvenience that I signed up for or not? And I don't know the answer to that. Only you do. You want to add to that? Oh, sure. Um, you know, there, there are things, obviously, that are spelled out specifically in God's word that are wrong, that we are not to do. Murder uh, is, comes to mind. There are a number of other things that we are told not to do. Are we told, for instance, though, uh, what the median wage uh, tax rate should be in the Bible? No, they don't tie you know, there's there's some suggestions as far as taxing. Uh, are we told which style of knot to tie on our shoes? And not re- there are some things that are uh, a more morally ambiguous is the term that Steve just threw out there. Um, if you can. If you can get to the point where um, I consciously know this is not about safety. This is about this, 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 and this, though. I am aware of that. It does not violate my conscience to do this because I believe I believe uh, the commitment I made. I believe God is using me in this particular arena for his purposes. If that's what... If that's what you're feeling, then by all means, it's not a sin, as Todd said one time when he was here. It's not a, we don't believe that it's a sin outright to get the jab. No. What it is wrong to do is violate your conscience. Mm-hmm. I would say generally as a rule of thumb, if you're asking these sorts of questions, it is weighing heavily on your conscience. If you're asking these sorts of questions and you're conflicted about it, it is weighing heavily on your conscience. Now, which way? I don't know. But generally speaking, if you're asking these sorts of questions, um, it is on your conscience. But there is, there, if if we've done anything though to help you expand to make it to make you know that you're not, you're, it's not a sin to take the jab. But at the same time, you should not absolutely not violate your conscience. That's for you to work out uh, with you know working out your faith with fear and, and trembling. That's for you to do. Um, I, I would just say generally, though, as a rule of thumb, it's it's generally uh, when you're when you're asking these sorts of questions, it's generally uh, heavy on your conscience. Well said. Before we get out of here, tell you about our friends at Home Title Lock. Make sure you protect your most valuable asset, your home's title, from cyber thieves with Home Title Lock. The instant they detect anyone at all attempting to pilfer your home's title, they will mobilize to shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Find out if your home's already been tampered with and you don't know it. And while you're there, get 60 free days of protection and a money-back guarantee at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.